Welcome to Rebel Weight Loss and Lifestyle. I'm your host, Christy Code Red, author, entrepreneur, retired professional boxer, and the owner of Code Red. I am so glad that you're here. Let's jump right in, shall we? Okay. 93% of our clients are females. And I don't understand why. I can't specifically put my, and I've asked other people this, like, why do you think that 93% of our clients are females? 7% are men. <laughs> what? I mean, I, it's not like I am ultra feminine or something. My gosh, I had an eight year long fighting career. I do have masculine qualities. I am pretty in your face. I would think that I would appeal to men as a weight loss coach, but, and I don't think that I don't appeal to them, but I don't think they know about code red. I don't think they maybe are, are aware of the program or have seen the program. I don't know. I don't know. But for whatever reason, we're targeting women, I guess. And we never hear about the men of code red. So I set up this podcast called meet the men of code red. And I picked out four incredible men, all from different walks of life, from different age groups, Two are in the military. One works at a correctional facility. Uh, it's absolutely, and one is really young and he's in college. It's just absolutely incredible. Four different men, four different age groups, four different walks of life. And I think this is really a great podcast. So enjoy the podcast meeting. Enjoy, I should just say, enjoy meeting the men of Code Red because that's what you're getting ready to do. I sure appreciate your <laughs> ratings and reviews. I appreciate you uh, buying the products from our sponsors. And that really helps bring money back around into Code Red. And so we can continue to bring all this free content for you. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And enjoy this podcast. I'm Christy Code Red, and you're listening to Rebel Weight Loss and Lifestyle where we believe food holds the power to heal or poison, and we believe our society has been misled regarding proper nutrition and weight loss. You're in the right place if you're looking for some straight up truth, because I'm here to shed light on the lies and brainwashing that has taken place over the past five decades. Thanks so much for listening. And welcome back to my series, Meeting the Men of Code Red. Isn't this fun? Are you guys liking this? This is so much fun. I've got, I'm featuring different men because guys, only 90, uh, only 7% of our clientele is men. And I don't understand why 93% of our clientele is women. I don't, I don't know. I don't know why, because we have had some extraordinary men that have had incredible transformations on code red and DJ is no exception. In fact, I was talking to DJ and I wish, I wish I wouldn't have asked the question before I hit the record button because I like being surprised. But DJ, a husband, a father, active duty Air Force, he lost 52 pounds on Code Red. I know, spoiler alert, we're just going to get this out of the way. So I asked DJ to come on and talk to you guys because he brings a whole different angle to this whole thing than we've ever heard. We don't usually hear from guys in his age group. And so this is remarkable because Gabriel, Aria, Leisha works for Code Red. Your whole family has been impacted by Code Red. So let me take, how about you take us back, DJ, and you paint a picture for us because it's been a while. You guys have been in Code Red for a while. Take us back on what life was like, overweight, Leisha did not have her weight under control. The kids were probably eating sugar. I don't know. Take us back and paint a picture on what life was like before you started this whole journey. For our whole family, honestly, we our entire diet was full of 
pastas, grains, pretty much overloaded on that stuff. Leisha, she was really the only person in our entire family who liked veggies, had veggies. So the only ones that I would go to at the time were what I thought were veggies were potatoes. That was my go-to. And that was me saying that, yeah, I got veggies in. Yeah, yeah. Joking with her about that. But uh, it was that. It was constantly having uh, pints of ice cream in the freezer that would last maybe one or two days. Candy all over the place. It was pretty bad. <laughs> Wow. So you were heavier, which it's so hard because I saw you here recently at an event. You were so great to come to our Rebel reunion and and just help out in so many ways. And it's the first time I've ever seen you in person. And it's so hard, even me, to picture 52 pounds on your frame. Did you know, it's kind of a dumb question, but did you know you were overweight back then? I mean, was it, did you kind of know it was a problem or did you just kind of like, yeah, ain't no big deal? At the time, I thought that I might have a little bit of a weight problem, but I've always been pretty active, like trying to do running when I could and lifting in the gym a lot. So I just thought I was maybe a little bit huskier because I had muscle. Maybe that was it. It wasn't until I really started having to get new uniforms because my waist was getting a little bit tight at work that I started realizing maybe maybe there's something else to this. Maybe I'm not just muscular. <laughs> Yeah, and so did it affect your sleep? Or did it affect how you felt? Did you have headaches, brain fog, any of that stuff? Or did, did none of that stuff affect you? Oh, yeah. I had actually pretty decent sleep from what I can remember anyway. But I had constantly had, uh, I've been nursing a leg injury since about 2014 when I first heard it. And it was consistently just not getting any better over the course of about four years until I had surgery. And I think thinking back now from what I know, had I changed my diet back then, I probably could have nursed it and gotten it better maybe within a year or so. You just didn't know back then what you know now. And uh, you even have a medical doctor. Your mom is married to a medical doctor. And it's just weird to think nobody talked to you about your weight. Nobody talked to you about how sugar feeds into disease. Nobody mentioned that. You just were doing what you knew. Mm-hmm. Exactly, yeah. And it just stems back to, I think, like our entire generation going back to our childhood, just being fed the same things and thinking that's normalized. So Leisha has lost 115 pounds on Code Red, uh, went on to become a senior leader for us, went on to work for Code Red. She's an integral part of our staff and of our whole team. Was that the catalyst that started you on this? That was one of them, yeah. I think she did the challenge back in January of 2018 was her first 10 pound and she did that had massive success well on february 1st is when i had my surgery for my foot so i was bedridden for 45 days so she was the one that was making me food and stuff and she would bring me breakfast and so she kind of kicked me on it a little bit then but i swear as soon as i went back to work and had that junk food from our snack bar right from my face especially me feeling crappy because my leg and pain meds and everything i just kind of reverted back to what i was doing before Uh, It wasn't until like June of that year um, when I really had a big turning point. It was like I went, so on my way home, there's a little gas station that was right on the way. So I'd stop by there and get like some snacks. So I'm going to call Alicia and be like, hey, do you want anything? She's like, no, I'm good. So I'd be getting all sorts of junk food there. And this event specifically, there was a Butterfinger that really sounded good. It was two for one. It's like, I can't pass that good of a deal up. So I got that. Went home, I threw one into the freezer because I like my food cool all the time. Uh, And then the other one, I was getting ready to crack it open. And 
Leisha just came up to me and said that she was very concerned about me. Because at that point, that was my highest. That was when I was 222 pounds, at six foot. And so she came up to me and said that she was concerned about me. It really hit me because she had already lost a good amount of weight because she was on her custom program at that time. So I looked at the Butterfinger. I crumbled it up and then opened the package, dumped that into the garbage can because I knew if it was closed and it still crumbled up, I could still have some. So threw it into the garbage can, threw some other stuff, I think like coffee grounds on top of it, and then closed the garbage. And that was my turning point. So I had met Aria in February of 2018, your daughter, just, and your both your kids are absolutely incredible, incredible little humans. They're just amazing. And so, and there was a major change happening then. So when did you start to realize, hey, we got to take the kids off sugar too, or, or I don't know, how, how did that whole thing go down with the kids? That one lasts a little bit longer <laughs> because we had a move coming up in October and with the stresses coming from all that too, it's... It was just one extra thing to do. But I believe when Leisha started her custom program and started realizing all this stuff, she started taking the stuff out of the house. So instead of getting the kids all the crazy sugary cereals, we'd go down to like a Kashi cereal, which isn't still not the best, but it was at least something that they were able to have less intake of that stuff. And then I think it was probably once we moved down here to our new base in October of that year, that's when we really started just starting brand new and getting the kids going. So you're in the Air Force uh, and you're doing a pretty important job and I'll let you kind of decide if you want to share any of that. How much does you being healthy and clear-brained and on the ball, does that affect? I'm not trying to say that there are jobs in the military where it doesn't matter. I'm sure, I mean, every job is important, but you have a, specifically, you have a pretty important job. You need to, you need to be on the ball and on your game. Yes, uh, exactly. Uh, so the job that I do, I do what's called conjunction assessment. And what we do is we take in data from all over the world, from all these different radars that see into space. And they see all the satellites that are up there. And we predict conjunctions, so collisions for those objects, and try to alert the owner operators of the satellites of if their objects might have a possibility of conjuncting. So it is pretty important. That's one of the many jobs that we have in the military that are very important. And yes, you do need to be on the ball. So from what I've seen personally, doing a rotating shifts between uh, day shifts, swing shifts, and then overnight shifts is energy drinks, sodas, sugary foods, cereals, um, just to keep someone energized and on point while they're doing the job because it's very important stuff that has a global impact. Well, it absolutely does. I, I didn't know. I only knew a more of a broad understanding of your job and and miles tried to actually miles talked to you a little bit and he came home and was like did it did it did dj 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 i was like okay man crush okay okay you know so the whole family has made this has turned this point where the whole family has changed your diet they're you're all eating real food your kids are are functioning they're they're calm they're easier to have you know the whole family life is much calmer and that's that's incredible so the job everything is leveled up in your job. And then what about, um, like, do you ever go off the rails a little bit, um, eat something and then you feel it come back? And if so, what do you feel that's the first thing to, to kind of go bad? Yep. Actually, uh, because Leach and I were driving back from Idaho yesterday and the day before we kind of had, we have lots of talks in the car. That's what we do. We just have good, deep conversations. And that was one thing that we were talking about was because obviously it's been maintenance for about a year now we've noticed that there are lots of foods that do trigger certain responses from our bodies. And I think that's one thing that we kind of normalize is that 
when our bodies are quiet, we're not noticing them as much, which is when we're having good foods and everything and our bodies are happy. But when you have the bad foods, that's when your body starts getting a little bit louder. It starts letting you know about certain things. And so having a little few fries from a certain deli on the way home or something like that, all of a sudden the stomach starts kicking me while I'm driving. I notice those things. So it's, it's really interesting how that works. And the, usually the first response I'll get is I'll get some pain from my foot that I had my surgery on. That's usually the first sign that I'm actually having something go wrong. Because it's so far from the scale. Like the scale, you know, I mean, the scale goes up, you know you can come back down. But man, the pain, the headaches, the fatigue, all those things just start, like you say, stomach ache, all those things start coming back pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, especially the job that I'm doing now. So I used to be in front of uh, doing that mission every day, but now I'm in the back shops where we are in charge of the training. And back before I really switched over into full-time with Red, I was constantly having brain fog, being disorganized with all my work. I'd have 10 different tasks in front of me and just bouncing back and forth between them because I couldn't focus on just one. And now that I've kind of switched over, I'm actually able to focus on these things, get them done in an organized manner, which helps me tremendously. I know that Leisha is the love of your life. You guys have been together since you were teenagers. And I, I, I think that I could safely say soulmates. And I don't even say that about my own husband. Look, I love him. I wouldn't say soulmate. But I, I kind of get the feeling that two of you are soulmates. Has this improved your relationship? Oh, yeah, definitely. Because before, I mean, there was a lot of pride on both of our sides. Pride and embarrassment that we didn't want to tell the other person certain things because Either we felt so deeply about them that it hurt us so much that we would want to put that on the other person. And it kind of sucked. Like I, yesterday when we were driving back, there were some little bit, a few darker things that I didn't tell Felicia from when I was overweight. And we told her those on the drive home. And it was kind of like a nice little awakening. Like, okay, well, it's okay for me to talk about these things. Even though I'm a man and I'm the head of the household, it's okay to feel these things. It's not, you shouldn't let ego or pride get in the way. So I think both of us have really let up with that and it's helped tremendously in our relationship. Do you think that's the reason why there aren't more men on Code Red is because they just don't want to ask for help and it's maybe it's more acceptable for a man to kind of have a pot belly or? I think so. Um, that's basically like cause in the military, obviously with all the diets or not the diets, the, uh, the way that we eat in the military, like a good 50% of the force is fit in shape. They're doing what they need to do. I've seen a lot of people that have been really struggling on either losing weight or not knowing what to do in their own journey. And they'd be like, okay, well, I guess I'll, I'll go vegetarian, I'll go vegan. And that's a whole different bag of cats. But they try that, they might lose some weight, and then they get it right back once they revert. And in my unit, personally, there was one woman, the story I want to tell her. Uh, so she, I had been kind of like nudging her about Code Red for a good six or seven months, just talking about the the monthly challenges that had started up and everything. She's an older woman. She's probably in her fifties. And she was just saying, Oh no, I've done it all. No, nothing works for me. I've done each by all that crap. And then COVID happened. Everyone got to teleworking. No one got to see each other. Came back, back in June. I saw her. She had lost 40 pounds because she did a challenge and she pushed through with it. So that's another thing that people need to find is like their own time to do it. Yeah. 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 Yeah, their own time. You got to be ready for it. It's like people ask you one of two things. They ask you, they ask you, what are you doing? Or they ask you, why are you doing that? One means they're ready and one does not. So what would you say to a man specifically or, or a, a young man your age that is kind of on the fence about maybe trying it or is like, oh, you know, I mean, to me, I'm thinking 
a steak and asparagus, eggs and bacon. Like what would be so bad about that? I, I don't, I don't get it. You no know, water. I mean, I just don't get it. But what would you say to someone to get them to, to kind of push them over the edge to try a challenge? Just do it. Like it's actually one of my, um, so when I got put in charge of my job, my new job, it was a pretty cool situation because I got uh, in charge of one member who was quite overweight at the time and he had just failed a PT test, which for our careers, it's very, very big because if you fail a PT test, there's a good chance that you might be getting kicked out or you might lose a certain job or an assignment to get moved. So when he did get put under me, I told him, I was like, hey, you failed your test. I want to go ahead and try to help you. My wife, she works for this company. This is the thing they're doing. They're doing a challenge this next month. I'm going to pay your way in. I'll do it with you. We'll both see what happens. And he lost 15 pounds doing that. And then passed his PT test after that. And then he moved on to his next base. So seeing the ripple effects, and that's usually a story that I tell people is, hey, it's really easy. If you really are hesitant on it, I'll buy your way in, and then we'll both do it together. Oh my gosh, DJ. I just, I can't, I never get to hear about DJ stories because I just, it's always like Leisha and Nancy and stuff. So guys, this is so wonderful. Of course I hear kids stories. I hear Aria and Gabriel stories, but, and I love them, but it's like DJ's all skinny behind the scenes. Guys, just like what DJ mentioned, we do have rolling challenges every month and we would love to see you in them. Come and take your and dip your toe in the lifestyle and figure out if it's for you. We think the proper human diet is for everybody, but you heard a whole different perspective on how it has completely changed every single aspect of DJ's life. So join us, DJ. Thank you so much for taking your time to talk to me today. No problem. I appreciate you having me. And today we are talking to John Gallagher. I, John, are you sitting in an ambulance? <laughs> I am. This is one of the best spots for, for lighting that I could find. <laughs> I'm on the call today, so it's a bit of a challenge. Yeah, it, it is. And I'm so I'm so thankful you could break away and talk to all of us meeting the men of Code Red and John Gallagher, a husband, a father, a Coast Guardsman, if I got that right. And right now he's on call for a rescue with a paramedic. You work in an ambulance crew. Uh, am I getting any of that right? Yeah, yeah. So I uh, um, my full time career is I'm active duty Coast Guard. Um, I volunteer with a uh, the fire and rescue squads here in my local community here in Vermont. Husband for a long time, father of four awesome kids. Boy, you have got your plate full. I do. <laughs> That's probably the understatement of the year right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You really thankfully do. The kids take after the, thankfully the kids take after their mother. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, you definitely maxed out, but thank you again for this time to talk to us. So I'm going to jump right in. John, take us back to a time because you know, the code, you know, you're, you're married to Jade Gallagher, who is my personal assistant and a code red certified coach and the event planner with code red. So whether you and your kids like it or not, you are 100% immersed in the lifestyle, but that to you, has been a really great thing, not only to, and we've already, in, I've already interviewed Jade about her psoriatic arthritis. That even, that's a whole different podcast. You guys go back and watch the podcast about psoriatic arthritis, but John, this has completely transformed your life in so many different ways. So could you take us back to before code red and paint a picture for us and tell us not only about what you felt like not having your eating under control or your, you know, just kind of paint a picture about what life was like before Code Red. Sure. So um, before Code Red, I thought that I was completely comfortable 
sitting there at 253 pounds. I mm. thought, you know, that's fine. You know, it's fine. It, it'll be okay. And then every six months when I go to weigh in at work, which is a, a requirement for us, I barely pass by the skin of my teeth on the, on the tape measurements. It was a major source of stress for me. And I, I just couldn't do things well. You know, we'd be at a, at a structure fire or something and I'd need to climb to the top of the ladder truck to get up on a roof or whatever. And I'd be out of breath and, you know, completely nearly exhausted by the time I, I get up there and climb all the way up. And, you know, and I've still got a lot of work to do once I get up there. So stamina and everything, it just, it was, I thought that I was comfortable until I realized that I, I wasn't. So then fast forward about four and a half months, I uh, got down to uh, between 195 and 200, which is where I'm, I'm comfortable. And that I realized then it took getting to my goal weight to realize that I was not okay at 253 pounds. 253 pound me could not fit into my bunker pants, my firefighting protective gear. I couldn't snap the front buckle. And then I had to go down a size once I got down to my goal weight, because I, it was just too big. There was too much material. Treating patients, climbing upstairs, hauling patients downstairs. It just, it got to be so physically exhausting to just do the basic things that I needed to do in my daily life at 253 pounds. But getting down to goal weight, that's when I fully realized that, you know, I lived so many years of my life thinking that this was okay to live with constant back pain, constant knee pain, getting sick at just random times for random reasons. My immune system was taxed and just trying to fight off all the crap that I was eating. And it just, it changed everything getting down to goal weight. And it, it wasn't like this long delay. It was, you know, about a week or so in the knee pain stopped because I wasn't eating things that caused me to have inflamed joints and and pain and and that reduction in just the general fatigue that I felt that was okay. All right, John, we can do this. We're already feeling better. Let's just keep going and, and see where it takes us. And then about four and a half months later, that was it. How did you get to be two fifty three? <laughs> eating my emotions, uh, stress eating. I was stationed on ships for the first ten years of my career, and on ships that right, wrong, or, or indifferent. It's uh, food is morale when you're out there in the, at least that's how it's treated. So when you're out there in the middle of the ocean and you get three and a half meals a day, you just go down and you eat whatever's there because what else are you going to do? And that was just a, a bad mentality that I got into. And then I went from my boot camp weight, which was 195 coming out of boot camp, And just over the years, it continued to grow and grow and grow until I was at 253. And at risk of falling out of compliance with our weight standards, at risk of losing my career. And it just, it finally came to a point. And I was like, you know, my wife does this for a living. I can, I can make this happen. The, the resources are there for me. So you've done so many tours on ships that I don't remember that. It's like they, they said, you don't have to keep going on ships. So you've been on ships a lot, right? Yeah, pretty much for the first 10 continuous years of my career. I've been in for 14 and a half years now. And for about nine of the first 10 years, I was gone between six and nine months every year uh, deployed on ships. We've all seen the movies like, uh, you know, um, 
all the movies and because that's all I've got to go on. It's just the movies about <laughs> being on a ship. And I, I mean, I got to tell you, is it just me or are those places that you walk in the ships, the doorways and the different things you climb that look pretty small? They are. And it's a challenge, especially in some of the, the firefighting and damage control roles that I filled. It was a real challenge to squeeze me at 240, 50 pounds at the time. It was really difficult to squeeze me through that scuttle along with my air pack and everything else. Like, you know, I'd have to stop and take everything off and lower it down and climb through. And it was, you know, going through this big jigsaw puzzle of trying to fit through these spaces when if I just, <laughs> I just known about Code Red and, and watched what I ate and, and knew the things then that I know now. I wouldn't have had to do any of that. It was just, oh, there's a scuttle. I'm just going to go through it. But yeah, there's a lot of small, tight spaces on ships. So you're pretty young, aren't you and Jade, like 33 or something? Or Yeah. Yeah, you're really... You're, so did it surprise you that you were already having joint pain, back pain, I don't know, headaches? That's what I feel when my weight gets too up, headaches and just feeling foggy brain. Did you just kind of like, well, this is just how it... Did you just accept it? You didn't know until you felt better. I just accepted that, you know, that's what life is. That's how humans feel. And just accepted that that was what it was supposed to be. You know, it's not like I was just sitting around being fat and lazy. You know, I was going to the gym, I was working out, but I mean, you can't outrun your fork. It just, it doesn't happen. And so finding the nutrition side of what it really means to lose weight is what was the key to unlocking the lock for me. And were you surprised when you realized that you could have steak and asparagus and eggs and bacon and it was, did it go against what you were taught? No. Um, I've always been, uh, well, yes and no. I grew up in the South. So, you know, sweet tea and biscuits, that's, you know, that that's the thing. Fried chicken, fried everything. So, I mean, the foods that we eat now, because our, our whole family is code red, um, and the foods that we eat now aren't vastly different from what we ate growing up. We just, you know, instead of frying the chicken and breading it and, and all that, we'll just throw it on the smoker instead of having mashed potatoes or, you know, French fries or whatever on the side, we'll have grilled broccoli or I do a, a smashed asper or a smashed Brussels sprouts. And we'll just, it's just choosing what we eat a little more carefully because I was never a huge sweets person. I actually don't even, I, I can't stand chocolate. It, it, mm. it annoys me, but um, like cakes and biscuits and breads and things like that. Those were my weak points. Rice. Those were the things that I would, you know, you give me a, a plate full of pasta with, you know, some, and I would just, I would go nuts for it. So it wasn't necessarily the sweets. It was for me, that was the big struggle. It was all the side dishes that went along with the food that I was supposed to eat, you know, the steaks and the, the pulled pork and the ribs, the bacon, those were all great things that I was already eating. I was just eating all this other junk with it. And that was the biggest struggle was retraining of, okay, we're, we're going to downsize our portions a little bit and just focus on the fat, the protein and the veggie. Now, your wife, Jade, uh, as I mentioned earlier, struggled with absolutely horrific, crippling psoriatic arthritis with four kids. She was just it, it. Guys, again, I'll link it up in the in the below and you guys can go back and listen to that. How has it affected your relationship? I mean, talk about being together through thick and thin. You guys have been through it. And now when you both got your eating under control, not even the weight. I mean, it is the weight. The weight just comes off naturally, but you guys get your eating under control. You get off the sugar and the crap carbs. How has that affected your relationship? 
Oh gosh. There's a certain level of shame mm. when you, even with your, with your partner, your soulmate, because God knows she's mine and I'm hers. But even still, there's a certain level of shame when you have to take your clothes off in front of the love of your life. And that's what you see. You see 253 pound me. Even when I thought I was okay, I was still not okay with that aspect of it. And there's a lot of things that get better when you're thin. Um, a lot of things. And being able to go through this together and support each other and kind of cheer each other on and hold each other accountable. That's probably been a, a great thing. A really, really great thing for us. But it just, there's no shame now when it's time to have our, our alone time. There's, there's no, oh, well, I need to you know, sit in a certain way, or I need to cut the lights off. I need to, there's no shame involved in this anymore because we're, we're who we've always been just without all the extra us that it was. It's a lot better being thin than thick. Mm. And you've got four kids and, and they're off sugar. And I know that Jade does try it Tuesday and they, she tries new things with the kids. I'm sure that the relationship with not just a relationship, but just the whole energy of the household is much more level and calm. Oh gosh. Yes. I mean, four kids can be pretty wild and crazy and then add, <laughs> add a whole bunch of sugar and carbs on top of that. And it can, it can be a little hard, a little hard to, to manage, but I mean, honestly, we've got great kids. They've handled the change over the past couple of years. They handled that really well. Of course, there were, there were some struggles, uh, especially early on, but we found that it was a lot easier to fight our battles with food in the grocery store aisles than it was to fight that battle in the pantry. Mm -hmm. So we just had a, a day of reckoning with our pantry and our refrigerator and freezer. And we just got rid of literally everything that wasn't on plan. And then we just didn't buy it anymore. If you don't buy it anymore, it's not in your house. If it's not in your house, you're not going to eat it. So we just made the conscious decision to only eat at home until we got our cravings and our, um, our mentality under control. We only eat at home. We only eat what we buy at the store and we only buy things that are on plan because that, that battle is a lot harder to fight in your pantry than it is in the, in the grocery store. Well, I know that Jade and I have, we're together a lot in person and talk every day. And I remember asking her, we were sitting at a restaurant and I said, what is it like taking a family of six out? And she said, oh, Christy is so expansive, you know, and it, it's, <laughs> it's eating at home is so much more economical. Now, John, your weight fluctuates just like mine does. We go through things. We'll go up and down. It's just how life is. And that's not a problem on Code Red, you guys. We don't shame people for going up and down on our weight that but we just we want to see people get it back under control. So what do you notice when your weight gets out of control and your eating kind of go, gets out of control and you get it back down? What is the first thing, not even the scale, but what is the first thing you notice that gets better? Uh, so once I start coming back down after I fluctuate, my sleep is better. That's mm -hmm. the, the number one thing that I notice. I sleep better when I'm on plan and I'm eating right. If I'm not, then I'm, I'm waking up every couple of hours at night. I sleep restlessly. And I, I just, when I wake up in the morning, I do not feel rested. That's probably the number one thing that affects me is my sleep when I eat on plan versus off plan. Wow. That's amazing. And I know that you mentioned your, uh, you said my back hurt or, you know, my, just my joints hurt and that probably your just whole body feels better when you are back on plan versus off. Yeah, it's hard to sleep when you're when your back is aching. It's hard to sleep when you've got joint pain. Um, and those are those are definitely things that that do take effect. But the thing that I lived with with back and, and knee pain for so long that I 
I think I've become somewhat desensitized to it. But the, the number one thing that I noticed, the first thing I noticed is my sleep. And if I'm off plan, my sleep goes just downhill quick. One of our long standing men of code red, Mark Peterson. I finally got him to come on and talk to all of us. I am so appreciative because Mark's been with us for a very long time and he's got so many good nuggets. And plus, he's just a man's man. He's a man's man. And we don't hear from a lot of guys. So, Mark, this is really a treat. Thank you so much for being here. You bet. Glad to be here for you, Christy. Yeah, well, there's nobody that knows the program better than Mark Peterson and his wife and his family. I think I've met two of your kids so far, Mark, and I and Monica and just such a wonderful family. So let's dive right in, Mark, and have you take us back even before the beginning, kind of paint a picture for us of what life was like before Code Red. How were you? I mean, I've seen pictures of you, but not a lot of people know about your journey. So what was life like before you finally made the change? Well, just give a little, little history. I work in I work for in corrections, so it's a high stress, high speed job where there's a lot of stress. So you kind of eat on the go. You eat what you can. You don't eat that healthy. You eat out of a vending machine most of the time. You know, you come home, you plop down on the couch, you eat whatever's in the house. I was known as a forager. I like a big old bear that would just go through the house and just forage for food and just eat and eat. You know, there was no particular food that I really craved. I just liked food. I just liked food in general eating. And as the years went by, I got bigger and bigger. And I'm one of those weight loss surgery people that thought I'll get the surgery, get gastric bypass, and I'll just be perfect. I'll lose the weight. Yeah, I lost the weight, but I gained right back. And I got bigger and bigger. And finally, I was pushing over three bills, 300 pounds. And that was huge. I was fat, to be honest. I was truly, that is the fattest I'd ever been. And looking at myself and the, the pictures in the past, you know, I just, I was just fat. There was no, there was no excuse for it. There was no, and, and I needed something. I was in my 50s, high stress job family of high blood pressure, heart disease. So, you know, I wanted to see my family. I didn't want to die, you know, corrections, you know, life expectancy is 57. Mm -hmm. I'm now 55, been doing this for almost two years now for you. And so it's kind of, you know, I want to, I want to keep doing it and be a success for years to come. And I needed something and, you know, 300 pounds, I was wearing a size 46 pants, you know, a 19 and a half shirt. I look like the Goodyear blimp going down the road, you know. Did you have have health problems, Mark, before? I know you come from a family of health problems, but did you have your own? I, you know, I had high cholesterol. Uh, My blood pressure was high. I was on blood pressure medication, you know, all those things. You know, I'd go to the doctor and he'd check my blood pressure and it would be up and he'd put me on medication and I'd go again and it would be higher and he'd put me on more medication to try to control it. And finally, I realized, you know, I'm a fat guy. There's no excuse. There's just really no excuse for the way I look, the way I feel, you know, what I'm doing to my family. You know, to be honest, my kids were actually years ago embarrassed the way that I looked. You know, they never would come out and say, but you get that feeling when you're around people, when you're big and you're fat, they're just not comfortable with you because the way you are. And, you know, my kids were that way. 
And so I was thinking, you know, I want my kids to be proud of me. I want my wife to be proud of me. I want, you know, to be that person that I know that I am. And now so, I don't I don't know if you guys caught this, but Mark said a few minutes ago that he works in corrections and the average age of a correctional officer is 57. Did anybody else catch that listening to this? That is really significant. So the reason that is, and I've got, I have uh, had the pleasure of being able to go to Mark's work at, at his correctional facility and take a tour. And I can now understand why the, the uh, it, it is as volatile of an environment just on your health as it is because you go from being sedentary, just everything fine to go into 10 out of 10 stress, trying to break up a riot or break up a fight or something with these inmates. And so you go from zero to 10, zero to 10, zero to 10, and it just wreaks havoc on your stress, on your cortisol, on all. So that's I wanted to bring that up for people who might not have caught that. Like it's a serious, serious business that very few people can make it in. And it was taking its toll on on Mark's health. And it really was. I was, you know, I was miserable. I was depressed. I was not happy. I was grumpy. I was just that epitome of an unhappy person. Mm -hmm. And it was causing a headache on my family, my family life. It was so I needed something. And that's when I finally, you know, uh, Jim Taylor um, put a flyers about about Christy Coldred and the 10 pound takedown challenge for corrections people. I thought, "Um, I'm going to check this out and see. And that was in, I think it was January of 2019. I think that's was. And I thought, I'll try this and see what it's like, you know, see what, you know, because I went online and I YouTubed you and I looked you up and I looked at your website and I thought, well, I'm going to do a little back history just to make sure this is not some fly by night, you know, thing. And I had faith in Jim that he was, you know, he'd been losing weight. So I thought if Jim can do it as big as he was, then there's no reason that I can't do it. Why did it not work? The weight loss surgery comes with rules. All the diets come with rules. Code red comes with rules, but you, you failed your weight loss surgery. How, why did, why did that fail? Not you didn't fail. Why did it fail you? Is it because you weren't ready or because you, you manipulated the rules and yet I wouldn't let you. I think it just, it was too, it didn't make sense. <sighs> it just, the common sense wasn't there. Whereas Code Red, if you really understand the system and what you teach and what we learn is it gets to be common sense and it's easy and it makes sense to everybody. It makes sense to drink water, sleep, eat the right foods, and it works. Mm. You know, most diets are, well, you got to eat so many of this and you got to eat this and you got to, you know, you got to take these vitamins and this vitamin and so much of this protein drink and that protein drink. And yours is so simplistic. It just makes sense. And that was the thing that sold me on it the first time was it just makes sense. You don't need a PhD to understand it. You don't need to, you know, cram papers to get through it. It just makes common sense. If people really understand, read your book, and it just makes that common sense to understand it. Mm. And it's not that difficult. Sometimes, you know, you get, our lives get hectic and we get turned around and sideways and things are playing high, but we got to just step back and take a breath and, and get back on track. And it just makes sense. And that's what sold me on at the first challenge was it wasn't that bad. It was you know, cutting food and it cut, you know, I was used to foraging. And I had to teach myself that I couldn't come home at work 
after work and snacks through the house and then eat dinner and then have something before I went to bed. I had to go back and, and eat specific things and get away from the, the grains and the chips and the nachos and the dairy and all those things that I love and eat the berries and eat those things that I'm supposed to be eating that are healthy and that makes sense for me to eat. Whereas the grains and all those things don't make sense because of what science has done to them over the years. I've just hybrid them so much. They just tear our bodies up. And with having three ankle surgeries now, I can tell you if I slip up and I finally have an ankle replacement, I know if I've ate grain, my joints will swell up. And especially that ankle that's been replaced, that sells me on not eating the grains mm. because my joints will swell up. And I'm like, okay, Christy's right again. See, she's right. I can't fight it. I can't prove her wrong. So I might as well go with it. So you mentioned uh, it just made sense, but yet, so w knowing the history of high cholesterol and stuff and, and knowing what modern medicine teaches us about cholesterol, which is totally wrong, were you a little bit afraid at first when you first got the foods list and it had like eggs and bacon and steak and asparagus and cottage cheese? What, did that scare you at first? Well, it did because, you know, most diets are, you know, low fat, don't eat the bacon because there's so much fat in it. You know, you know, eat this. And I was like, I like eating bacon. I can eat bacon for breakfast. I can eat sausage for breakfast. I can eat, you know, that sounds good for breakfast. You know, eggs for breakfast in the morning because they usually teach don't eat eggs, don't eat bacon, don't eat those high fat foods with a lot of grease in them. Or yours is go ahead and eat those because you need that. And when it all fits together and you follow it and you see the weight go off, it sells you right there. It proves everything else you've learned about dieting over the years from all those other people and all those other programs and all those other infomercials that are sold on TV, that your way is so simplistic that it just is common sense. It becomes just so sensible on the way to do it is, is just easy. How soon did you start to see results when you started implementing the food list and, and the rules? I think the first takedown, I think I lost 11 pounds, if I remember right, long ago. And I'm old and forgetful and senile, and so remembering those things. <laughs> so, but even losing that amount to me meant something. So, you know, I lost that much. Why couldn't I lose more? with following the basics of what you teach and being able to do the things in the cookbook and being able to cook all those things and, and eat that code red cheesecake who, you know, is phenomenal is just like, you think you're really eating cheesecake. The first time I tried it, I was feeling guilty about eating it. We made it. And I was like, this is not right. We can't eat this. This is, this is sinful. We shouldn't be eating this code red cheesecake. And then it just kind of progressed from there. I kept with it, had stumbles and falls, but always knew if I went back to doing what you said and what you taught, it worked. What has changed since you have, how much weight have you lost total? Right now, about 75 pounds from where I was in January 19. You know, I still, I still got some to, some to go, but it's been, you know, 2020 has been a weird year. <sighs> you said it. So what have you noticed has improved 
what has changed in your life, your relationship with Monica, your, the way that you do your job, uh, how, what kind of changes have you noticed? I mean, I know the weight. We always talk about the scale, but there are so many other benefits that I know you've experienced. What are those? Well, I think the, the best thing is our relationship with me and Monica. It's, you know, she's healthy anyway. She, you know, she eats healthy and I would eat totally different. And she was skinny and I was fat. So it was kind of like, you know, the reverse you know, the reverse of Jack's bracket, eat no fat and his wife could eat no lean. It was the other way around for me and Monica. And I think with me losing weight and feeling better, it, it's improved our relationship, you know, tenfold on how we communicate the joy, the satisfaction that we have with one another is, you know, just tenfold. And she follows code red and it's amazing, you know, but it just that relationship in itself is improved in itself, which was magnificent because before being a fat guy and being grumpy and not feeling like wanting to do anything or go anywhere because you were embarrassed because of how fat you were and clothes didn't fit. And you always had to get the triple X's and you always, you know, you didn't look good. And now, Hey, I'm, I'm ready to go. I'll get a shirt and tie and go out to eat. And, and I look pretty damn good. So I'm pretty proud to go out in public now, the way I look. So in work, it's just improved at work. You know, my boss said I've cost him a lot of money because I've went from uniform size to uniform size to uniform size. And so the uniforms at work are not that cheap to buy. And he just, and he keeps giving me a little flack about spending money on me to buy new shirts and new pants. And then I go down to size again and I have to get new shirts and new pants. And so Overall, it's just made things 100% better. And it's surprising when people see you after they haven't seen you for, you know, a few months and they don't recognize you. And if they go, what happened? Are you okay? Are you sick? And you go, no, I'm just, I'm eating healthy. I'm eating the right foods. I'm drinking water. I'm getting the sleep I need and I'm losing weight. I am here with Mark. Now, Mark, I'm not, I'm just going to jump right in. I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to try to uh, act like I'm not even going to try to ease into this. I'm so excited to talk to you. And I know that a lot of people are excited to hear from you because as you guys can see from looking at Mark, he is this young, good looking dude. And we don't get a lot. I'm not, I'm going to get hateful messages now. I'm not trying to say we don't get a lot of young, good, good looking dudes. We just don't get a lot, a lot of young dudes. And Mark messages me on Instagram. And he was just like, Christy, listen, this is what has happened to me because of code red. And I said, Mark, is there any way you can, you'll talk to me and talk to everybody and tell us your story. And he agreed. So Mark, thank you so much for being here with me right now. Absolutely. Super excited to do it and, and kind of talk about where I've been and where I'm at now. Cause it's a great story. So definitely take us back. Paint a picture before Code Red. Start as far back as you want. You think it's what we need to hear in order to definitely paint a picture in all of our minds because Mark shared with me things and I was telling him before I hit the record button. Mark, you shared with me all these details, but I've been hitting the head so much I don't remember exactly. So this is going to be like me hearing it for the first time. And tell us what life was like up until you made the switch. Yeah, so... I've never been like super, super unhealthy or super, super overweight, but just throughout teenage years and whatnot, wasn't always happy with where I was. And so 
even being very young, I was always trying to do something, you know, I would see things on social media on how you can lose a couple pounds, or you're supposed to look this way, or you're supposed to feel this way or whatever. And so I would always go through this cycle of trying something and getting discouraged because it wasn't working. And then that would lead to, you know, just another five pounds because it didn't work. And, you know, what was going wrong was continuing to go wrong. And, um, and so that just built up, you know, year over year over year. Um, and then I got to a spot where I was 215 pounds, um, right at the start of quarantine. And I'm looking at quarantine, just like everybody else is looking at it going, Hey, you know, like this is not going to be good. It's going to be more than five pounds this time, just because of the circumstances we're all in. Right. And so I had heard about you and Code Red through a family friend and a youth leader growing up, and he had incredible results. His wife did too, like to the point where I would see pictures and I would like just be so impressed and just so blown away with the results they had gotten and how quickly they had gotten them. Um, And, you know, because he's a family friend and somebody that my dad knows well and whatnot, we knew that that's what he had done, even though it wasn't super public on social media and whatnot. And so Code Red was just in the back of my mind as like one of these options I might take eventually, you know, because that's kind of what I always had was this set list of options of, well, you know, I'll try this next or whatever and see if it works. And so in May, I was thinking in the back of my mind, I'm going to read the Code Red book. And so I found it, um, I listened to it on audiobook, which I would highly recommend since you read it yourself, which is super motivating. And you can, I felt like I knew you at the end. So it was great. And, and for the first time, I was like, I feel like I really know exactly what to do every single day. I know what the rules are and the responsibility is on me now. Like I just have to follow the rules. And so I did. And that's, that's literally what I've been doing since then. And 60 pounds have just melted off in six months. How did you get to be 215? How'd you get fat? Yeah, I, I really think that it's just that slow cycle, just being unhappy with the way that I was trying something, having it not work, and then just giving up again and kind of throwing my hands up like, oh, well, I guess this is just never going to work or I don't know if you've ever seen, I think it's, it's gone around before. There's like a little picture that you'll see on social media. Sometimes it's like a big paragraph and it's basically just all of the contradictions that you hear in the health and diet world of you need to be eating this. No, you shouldn't be eating that. You need to be doing this amount of exercise. Oh no, too much exercise is bad. And just back and forth and back and forth. That was really how I felt. And I would keep doing that back and forth, which I think is what the industry wants you to do because it gets you fat and then they, they've got you for your whole life. Um, but I read your book and that took me out of the cage. So were you eating fast food? Were you drinking? Were you eating sugar? Was it any kind of um, sadness or anything kind of just this whole cycle? I know that sugar hijacks our brain, but not everybody is, you know, uh, a sugar like sugar. They'd rather have pasta or something. How was it that were you just kind of falling into this trap of fast food? 
Um, yeah, a little bit. Um, that was probably a little bit easier to do after going out like to college and getting married and, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but for the most part, like I wasn't like absolutely eating like super, super, super unhealthy, but it wasn't healthy. And that day over day over day, month over month doesn't lead you to a great place. And the worse off you get, the more disheartened you get. And then the more emotions can start to play into it and make it even worse. So, yeah. What were your emotions doing when you were at your heaviest? Were you, what were you battling with in your mind and your confidence? I think it's always this conversation in your mind of, is this okay? And trying to tell yourself that it's okay because you don't know any other way out of it except to tell yourself that it's okay. And I was just thinking last night that one of the ways that happens most naturally, I think, is to keep telling yourself, well, I'm only like 20 pounds over or whatever. Like, I'm not 60 or 75 pounds over. It's only like 20 because in your mind, 20 is like a lot. Like, I've never been able to lose 20 pounds doing anything else. And so, you know, it's probably just 20 pounds. If I could get to 195 or 190, like I'd be in good shape. And I was thinking about that because it kind of comes back to your, what you say in the book of your goal weight is almost always too high. And that's, that's definitely been my experience. So I think just kind of rationalizing what the number is that you're seeing, as well as just trying to see it as infrequently as you possibly can, you know, by not weighing yourself very often. Yeah. Ignoring it. Were you taught wrong? I know you're a fairly young guy. So you're in school now you're in college and you're working on and you're, you know, so what were you taught in high school or leading up to this point, or maybe some basic nutrition classes in college that were wrong? Cause you would think, well, the government's got my back and they'll teach us the right way. And clearly, I mean, you were taught wrong or you wouldn't have, you would never have gotten to be 215. Yeah. It's funny you ask because I was just talking to my wife about this the other day. She works at an elementary school here locally. And she was talking about how they were talking about, um, I don't know what it's called, but you know, the, the food pyramid and how it's kind of evolved. And she was explaining what that is these days. And um, growing up for me, and I think a lot of other people, it was just the food pyramid. And I was laughing because I was remembering that bread was at the bottom and it's the biggest section. And then there's like dairy and, and cheese and that kind of thing. And stuff now that I know is, is no good if you're trying to lose weight, especially. And, um, and so I was kind of wondering, you know, what that kind of thing early on might, might have taught a lot of people about the way to eat. Because, you know, that's something coming from the government, this big institution that like you feel like inclined to believe, you know. And nobody ever tells you that they've changed their mind. (laughs) And so, you know, there's probably things like that that are deep rooted in in a lot of people. I mean, I'm 24 years old and that's what I was learning. So, I mean, there's a lot of people who are, who are, you know, just right around 20 years old that that's what they were learning. And so that gets so confusing and creates the frustration when you're trying to lose weight because you hear about all of these contradicting things. So you lost 60 pounds just by reading the Code Red Revolution book, which is absolutely, it's one of my favorite things to hear. I know I can get weight off people with the challenge and weight off people with the custom program, but you did this just from the information in the book. So when you 
what was the biggest thing you noticed other than the scale going down that was changing as you were changing your diet? Um, I think the biggest thing and probably the harder thing, which I'm grateful is the harder thing to work on through the process is to change your relationship with food. Because if you follow the rules, the weight's going to come off. But if through the whole process, all you think about every day is as soon as I hit my goal weight, I'm going to get that favorite ice cream again, or I'm going to go grab that or, or this or whatever, then as soon as the rules go away, or as soon as you go into maintenance mode and things are a little bit less strict, then, I mean, you really have to have that relationship with food changed. Otherwise, you might just find yourself back in the same spot. And so I think that's actually one of the beauties of the whole maintenance mode concept is that this is a, a very long process. It's, it's a lifelong process. It's a lifestyle rather than a diet of changing your relationship with food, even beyond just getting the pounds off. So I would say that's the second biggest and probably my favorite thing overall of, of what's changing of, you know, you talk in the book about rewarding yourself. I think it's every 20 or 30 pounds with get a different outfit that fits better that you look good and feel good in and reward yourself with that feeling rather than with the, the sugar high in your brain. Hmm. Absolutely. Did you, you know, you weren't, you weren't sick at all before. Uh, maybe that's the direction you were to head. You would have been heading if you had not have nipped this in the bud. Um, so it's not like you had you know loads of medication that you got off or anything like that, but you just started feeling better with the 60 pounds off. You know, did you, I don't know, did you notice a, like less brain fog or more energy or higher confidence? Yeah, definitely. And um, I mentioned to you in my post last Sunday that there were a couple of times in there where, you know, like a, a birthday or something would come up and then I'd, I'd have like the slice of cake or whatever during the process. Um, and I feel like that's an important message to get across too, because I was telling my wife last night that you don't have to be absolutely perfect. You want to be through the whole process, but part of that changing your relationship with food is making sure you're just trending in the right direction as well. And I say that because during those, you know, that moment where I cheated or whatever, I didn't sleep as well that night or the next morning, it was harder to get out of bed and like get going on my homework. Or I would find myself confused with what the professor is talking about or you know, that kind of thing where like that stuff is real. And that's a huge benefit as well that like, even, you know, when you get into maintenance mode and it's the whole 90, 10 rule, when you do that 10% or whatever, um, on that one day or, you know, that one meal, like you feel it that night and the next day, because it's very real because the detox has actually in reality happened. This, this isn't all just some kind of joke or, you know, ploy or anything like it's real. It actually happens in your body and you can actually feel it. And so it makes you not want to cheat because it just doesn't feel good. It might feel good in the moment, but I mean, you got a whole day to put up with of becoming more inflamed and gaining some weight back. And, you know, it's just terrible. You don't really want to do it that much anymore. So you are married. How long have you been married? Just a little over two years. Okay. Fairly new. So even though this, this is your soulmate, this is somebody you love through thick and thin, uh, obviously she loved you through uh, 60 pounds heavier and, and all that <laughs> stuff. That's not even an issue. Has this changed your relationship at all with your wife? 
Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, she, like you mentioned, she's always been so supportive and uh, really loves me for who I am and whatnot, which is awesome. You know, I couldn't ask for anybody better. But, you know, I feel like the biggest thing is that it sends a message to her that I am respecting myself, which is a, a huge, huge um, signal, I think, to her that I also respect her. And so, yeah, I, I just think that's a, a really great benefit as well of, you know, if I'm literally proving through my health that I don't respect myself, how could I be respecting anybody else? And so that's a great change as well to, to kind of show that through my actions more than my words. I think it also has made me more positive as well, because before, you know, she got to be the one who was always hearing, oh, I'm not happy with how I look or feel or I'm too fat or, you know, this or that or whatever. And now that's all totally changed. Why do you think men, men are sometimes afraid to do code red or sometimes afraid to, I mean, it's, I'm thinking steak and asparagus, eggs and bacon. Why would a man not, but from, from your perspective, why is there hesitation? 93% of our clients are women. We don't have very many men. I don't, I don't get that. Do you have an opinion on that? I think it probably stems back from the industry and how the whole diet industry, like most of their guns are pointed straight at women. And um, I think the, that men might feel the same way um, just as often, just like I, I think that younger people feel the same way um, as somebody who's 45 or whatever. Um, it's, it's just where the industry has their, their, their targets. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that men are more often comfortable or can more easily explain away the reason that they're bigger or all their friends look the same or, you know, there's men in movies that have a gut, whereas I don't know of any women in movies that have a gut really, you know, it's, it's much less frequent. And so it's just all the messaging and then just the dynamic of going through your life as a, as a woman versus a man, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. You hit the nail on the head. I couldn't have said that better myself. This is so this is so good from a whole different perspective. We've never heard an angle like this before, and it absolutely means so much to all of us. So I appreciate it, guys. 10poundtakedown.com is where to go to join the next challenge or get the Code Red Revolution book. It's sold at bookstores. Go to coderevolution.com. Go to Amazon. Guys, get started somehow. You don't have to live like this. Thank you again, Mark, so very much for being on here. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. It's been super fun. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Rebel Weight Loss and Lifestyle. Do you have a question that you'd like me to answer raw and uncut on the podcast? Then all you have to do is head over to Apple Podcast on your phone or computer and do three simple things. Leave a rating and review telling me what you think of the podcast. And in that review, ask anything you want related to health, weight loss, or mindset. And if you want a shout out, leave your Instagram handle or name. That's all. Then listen in to hear your question answered live, raw, and uncut on the next Q&A episode. So I'll see you on the next episode of Rebel Weight Loss and Lifestyle.